Hello, I'm your host Sarah and this is Insane. I hope everyone is doing really, really, really well. Today's podcast is on spiritual intelligence. So we're all familiar with intelligence in the context of intellectual intelligence or emotional intelligence. And within this context, intelligence is understood to mean being able to manage and apply knowledge in the case of intellectual intelligence and emotions in the case of emotional intelligence in a way that impacts your own life and other people's life in a positive way. So the more your intelligence increases, the more positive the impact it has on you and the people around you. But what does it mean in the spiritual context? Now, there's not one unifying definition. There's like a lot of different opinions to how spiritual intelligence should be defined. But the one I liked the most was the one proposed by Frances Vaughan in her paper, What is Spiritual Intelligence? And she describes it as being concerned with the inner life of the mind and the spirit and its relationship with being in the world. So it's concerned with the awareness that there is more to life than what we can see. And knowing that or that knowledge or that belief guides how you live your life and on what basis you live it, according to what morals, what ethics. And again, as in intellectual intelligence and emotional intelligence, this knowledge impacts the people around you. So it's concerned with questions like, who am I? What am I doing here? Why am I here? It's concerned with looking inside oneself and defining oneself, not by bodily appearance or via biology or chemistry or physics but something much deeper than that something that cannot be explained or defined by those concepts and within the western secular discourse these qualities or your spiritual intelligence it's expressed through things like love and kindness and compassion and empathy And it's cultivated through connecting with not only yourself, but the people around you. So like in this respect, it would be done through like things like meditation, contemplation, music, journaling, writing down your feelings. And it's really anything that inspires others. So what does this look like from an Islamic philosophical perspective you know what does islam say about why you are here and what you're doing here and what matters and what does the cultivation of spirituality look like islamic philosophy gives the answer to what we are doing here through the verse where god says that he will be making a khalifa which is translated to vicegerent or a deputy, a representative, 
on earth. And so in that, we get a taste of our mission or our purpose as humans on earth. It is the representation of God, of being Khalifa. It is representing God's attributes on earth, the attributes of mercy, compassion, benevolence, justice, forgiveness, relief, forbearance, generosity, guidance, patience, truthfulness and wisdom. And it is through this or accomplishing this role that one finds peace. And the way in which the Islamic philosophies urges spiritual intelligence is through four main sources and that is knowledge of the creator, knowledge of the human, knowledge of the physical world and knowledge of the unseen and it's these four aspects, these sources of knowledge that seek to increase spiritual intelligence. Now Islamic philosophies state that within a human there's an innate need to connect to something much greater than oneself. And we all feel that. And so spirituality seeks to harmonize between those emotions, your intellect, in terms of acquiring knowledge from the four sources that I mentioned, and behavior. Because the way one achieves an increase in spiritual intelligence, or the way one manifests spiritual intelligence is through action. Now in Islam, this action takes the form of worship. So through, for example, obligatory prayers, through voluntary prayers, through the giving of charity, through acts of kindness, through the mimicking of the actions of the prophet, peace be upon him. It's through things like upholding justice and smiling because it's charity and caring about the orphan, enjoining good and forbidding what's wrong. And it's thought that the harmonisation of this, of your emotions, of your knowledge and of your behaviour is done through spiritual intelligence. And this all makes you a better happier, more peaceful human and generates positive emotions, thoughts and actions. Now the Quran alludes to four areas to focus on in spiritual intelligence. The first area is erasing one's sins, so seeking forgiveness from God. The second area is increasing good deeds and That's expressed through behaviour that I mentioned earlier. So acts of kindness and charity, um, acts of worship. And also includes virtues like having hope in God, in God's mercy. And having fear of God as well. And striking a balance between that. The third aspect is an increase in knowledge. And the fourth aspect is social relations. So just to summarise, one's spirituality is a response to one's innate emotional need to connect with something higher or bigger than oneself. 
And spirituality is cultivated through knowledge, knowledge of God, knowledge of oneself, knowledge of the world and knowledge of the unseen. And this is supposed to inspire one to behave in a way that positively impacts the society that one lives in. And that can be beautifully demonstrated in the story of Cain and Abel, which I'm going to end with. Now, the story narrates that the two brothers had offered a sacrifice to God, and God only accepted the sacrifice of that made by Abel. And this enraged Cain and filled him up with anger and jealousy to such an extent that he sought to kill his brother. And Abel's response to his brother's aggression was to tell him that he was not going to raise his hand and would not fight him. And the reason he gives for this is that he fears God. Abel has reached a level of spirituality that he is completely aware of the existence of God, of the existence of judgment, of the temporal nature of this world, that he doesn't see it as a matter of urgency to even defend himself. Now, I'm not saying spirituality means that you do not defend yourself, but it just illustrates the level of spirituality that he has, the awareness of the unseen that he has, and how he's able and how his spirituality is able to make him see or differentiate between the illusion and the realities of existence in that this world is not all that there is. And it's his spirituality or his belief that makes him comfortable with not defending himself. You know, for him, the real fight or the winner of this fight is not the one that wins on earth, but the one who wins in the sight of God in respects to the hereafter. And this level of God consciousness of spirituality in Islam is known as Ihsan, which is excellence. In a prophetic tradition, the Prophet, peace be upon him, describes this as living your life as if you can see God. And this is what Abel was able to do. No pun intended. Now we've mentioned a couple of times how spirituality positively impacts not only oneself, but society. And this is illustrated quite beautifully in the story as well. Because what you have afterwards is deep regret expressed by Cain. The monstrosity of his actions, the scale of his actions, of his wrongdoing, was not apparent to him until after he had killed his brother. And he was filled with regret and sadness. As if God, through the story, is describing the condition of those who neglect their spirituality. That the neglect of one's spirituality will lead to 
feelings of suffering, of regret, and that there is a need for spirituality. And that enhancing spirituality is a way of keeping those negative feelings at bay. What it also illustrates is the impact of the lack of spirituality on humanity. Because after this, God declared that whoever takes the life of one person, it will be regarded as if he has taken the life of the whole of mankind. And this further illustrates the negative impact of lack of spirituality on society. In this, there is also a teaching that when you commit an act of transgression or an act that is void of spirituality, you not only harm yourself through feelings of guilt and suffering or the person that you directly hurt, but your actions extend beyond that. They have a rippling effect on the whole of humanity, not only humanity in the present sense, but of the past and the future, that your actions have implications, negative implications on everyone. And this idea of social responsibility and of connectedness, the idea that we're not only responsible for our own suffering, but the suffering of those around us, that we're not only responsible for our own well-being, but those around us, are notions that are present within Islamic philosophy. And I don't know about you, but I love that. It just shows our connectedness, our oneness. That obligation that's been placed upon us, that we treat each other like we treat our own selves, that we take responsibility for each other like we take responsibility for ourselves, is an indication that we are all from the same source. And it is something that I want to discuss in my next podcast, and I hope that you will join me for it. Now, I think this is going to turn into a tagline because I've been using it um, thus far, so I'll just carry on using it. It's time to love you and leave you. Do take care.